trying to make drink sounds. <laughs> I'm having an eggnog. Chub Creek 174. Way back when, when we didn't have to think. Come on in, don't be a dick. The boys on the farm didn't mean any harm. On the banks of Chub Creek. Chub Creek. Hey, long time no see. I'm out on the trails again at uh, one of my favorite spots. This one's called Mount Nemo. Uh, it's got a really beautiful high up cliffside view, um, which is made even better due to the fact that you don't have to hike up it. There's a parking lot. You just drive up. Uh, over here. I didn't think there'd be any snow, but there is quite a lot of snow uh, on the ground, but none on the highways or anywhere else all the way up to here. So I guess it's a higher altitude. Uh, it's really pretty. Anyway, I thought I'd try to do a Chub Creek for you. Um, kind of been slipping my mind, really, to tell you the truth. A lot's happened since the last time we chatted. And I wanted to say hi to Chris. Chris, my buddy from work, has uh, been following along. And uh, <laughs> I always forget that it's weird for me when there's people I know listening, and, uh, um, you know, other than the ones that I always share weird thoughts with like my folks and my buddy Gary and stuff but uh, it's kind of cool to have Chris listening. He said he enjoyed the uh, the time machine. So what did you think of that? The, the time machine, there's quite a few comments, maybe 10 comments or something on the website but still not a lot um, for me to understand whether anyone got anything out of that but um, I guess I kind of don't care because I do care but I mostly care uh, about how much fun it was. I really enjoyed it. All the silly voices and the trying to, you know, put on this character. <laughs> it was really hard. I, I was, it's hard to explain, but what I found very difficult about it was... And I attempted this, actually, several years ago. And uh, I gave up because it was too difficult. But what I didn't know when I started it the first time was that the story takes place from the point of view of one of the audience members listening to the story of the time traveler. I can't remember what his name is. He's the narrator, I don't know. And uh, so it starts out in his voice, then continues on uh, with some input from various audience members, and then the time traveler himself speaks eventually. And what I assumed was that the whole book would be from the point of view of the narrator or the, the, the young man listening to the story. But what I realized later was that eventually the time traveler takes over the story from his point of view, which means that most of the reading will be from his voice. And I'd made the mistake the first time of, you know, just picking a voice that was easy, you know, closer to my own voice that was easier to do for a long time. And, I, and originally I'd picked like a really, you know, really interesting voice for the time traveler. And then I realized that I cannot do that for 200 pages. And so I'd done all this recording and realized I'd set it up wrong. So I knew that going in this time and uh, tried to make the time traveler's voice still uh, a little different 
but uh, manageable with a very slight. I decided not to try to do an actual English accent because I, I can't do them. But um, uh, you know, every once in a while he'd say a word or two that I could say a little bit funny, so that it sounded like an entire. Anyway, it was fun, really fun, and uh, I want to do more. I, I even considered doing like a separate podcast just for that, but. Uh, I'm sure that we'll be biting off more than I could chew. Um, so I had the kids down. I didn't do much recording with them while they were here, although uh, Will, who by the way is turning into uh, really rapidly into an adult, which is strange and crazy. Every time he comes, he's taller and more manly. And Mary's growing into a young woman and uh, getting more beautiful. It's just weird. Because I see them in little snippets, and it's, it's different when you're there next to them all the time. But um, when uh, when you only see them a few times a year, it's crazy how they change. Um, and it's, it's sad in a way, but also kind of neat because I get to see a change that you know that I wouldn't have, seen, have noticed before. So it's kind of a profound thing to watch. It has its own magic. Anyway, so Will was, uh, of course, a master on the guitar now, and he's uh, been really into it, uh, and he uh, did a little bit of acoustic recording with me, very, very small amount of it, and I planned on building on it on what he recorded, but I never really finished it, so I don't know if I'll include it in this, but that's something I plan to do, is try to make something out of that little... He was playing a riff where he also thumps on the guitar to make a rhythm, which is incredibly difficult to do. He did really does it really well, and, uh, and it was a cool visit. They were only here for a week, but it was the first time I'd had uh, the two of them here for Christmas time that I can remember in a long time. Uh, they came on Boxing Day, and we had our own little mini Christmas. I even got a Christmas tree for the first time ever in my apartment. It was just a little fake one with lights built in, but it was this was small half like two-thirds the size of an album um, but that was fine and and really fun and uh, I'm gonna pack that thing up and bring it out next year uh, even if I don't have the kids here for that season it was cool I, I enjoyed it more than I thought it would you know as you know I'm not religious but um, the season has never been about being religious for me it's always been about um, changing your mood up and feeling a little bit goodwill towards many <laughs> men men e not many or many um, what else happened during that time mom and dad had a really cool new year's eve party and uh and um in their big new house in peterborough and it was the first time they'd had a big i think a big get together with a lot of family and uh maybe not there was one other but this was more of a party end of the evening uh, Will and I and Dad set up our guitars. I brought my amp. So we had three electric guitars, or actually three electric guitars and a bass, and we kind of swapped around. And towards the end of the night, we started jamming, and it was a three-generation jam session, which was extremely rough and clunky, but so much fun. And at one point, um, Will and I were trading riffs. Um, I'd play a little backup and he'd solo over it and then we'd switch and we went back and forth about 10 times and it was so fun and dumbass I didn't record it um, which I'm sure one day I will 
we weep over, but uh, I think there's something to be said for being in the moment too. And that was a really wonderful moment. Um, yeah, so that was fun. I'm just gonna take a couple pictures now and uh, see what else I can see. And I'll come back and chat with you. See you in a bit. Um, it's been kind of a laid-back weekend, uh, which is, has become normal just because uh, it's so frigidly cold out. Um, I haven't been all that inspired to go out, but today the temperature dropped down. Um, I won't check now because it makes noise on my, on my cell phone. But, uh, <clears throat> it's about zero, maybe plus one or two, and there's some gentle snow, which is strange. It must be, who knows, it could probably still be in the pluses snow. Oh, is that ever pretty? I'm looking at, I'm standing right now at, <laughs> very unwisely. I'm here slipping, slip slipping around. This is the uh, very icy ledge of about a 150 foot cliff. And as I look out across the beautiful scene, there's big fat snowflakes falling and, uh, I don't know if I can capture it, but I'm going to try. Um, what was I saying? So, I'm pretty laid back on the weekends. But I've been taking the uh, opportunity to kind of organize my... the various disordered things in my place. You know how you, if you live alone, you'll, you, can, you tend to put up with your own kind of messiness. But, you know, and then you'll clean up and... And you think everything's cool, and then when you really stop and look, you realize, wait a minute, that one area of the house is really, really a mess, but I've just been kind of not noticing, you know? And I looked in the corner of my room, and I have this crazy bunch of piled up boxes of crap uh, from a half-assed attempt earlier on to put stuff in those, you know, those boxes you can get from Ikea, they can fold up and they have handles, the black, and they have lids. So I got these cool looking boxes so that I could, you know, put stuff in boxes and store it without looking like cardboard boxes everywhere. And of course, I didn't really finish and this big messy pile in the corner. And I was amazed when I noticed it. Uh, okay, today I'm focusing on cleaning that. And I found about 15 other areas in the, well, four other areas in the house that needed that kind of love. And uh, does it ever feel good to take care of it? Maybe it's just me. I'm sure it is. So that's what I've been doing other than going out hiking. This is what happens to me when, uh, when I have nothing interesting to do. I start to walk. That, so those are the things that we all normally do. Uh, except me. And I have to have like a lock-in in my condo to even notice it. So that's been good. But another thing that uh, I, I have been doing with that downtime in the cold is um, um, I have to do backstory. So one of those things my parents got me for Christmas was uh, my old records. They found, I guess we've always had them in a box somewhere, it's a pile of old records, not music records, but children's records. Back from when I was, oh, in fact, probably all twigged by my mentioning the time machine uh, because
because I have this old record. And this is from probably 1975, uh, most of these records. And they're all scratchy and I, um, I tried to figure out how to, my first uh, desire was to digitize them, right? And so um, I had no idea how to do that, but I, I knew that I could probably rig something up. So I went and got um, at the pawn shop it looked like a pretty, in its time, pretty good quality turntable with the, the, the needle. It's not an arm, it's attached to the lid and it kind of moves horizontally and it's all very slick. Works very slowly though. This is very slippery. Um, yeah, so it takes about one minute to play a record, just for the record to start playing. This little thing moves very slowly, it's just probably because it's old. And I hooked it up to my mixer and with the RCA jacks built in. And I noticed right away there was a serious humming sound. Like, and like a, like an amp. And uh, so after a lot of tinkering, first of all, I noticed there was a, there appeared to be, and I don't remember any of this from back in the old days, probably because I was too young. Um, the grounding wire. so you can when I touch the grounding wire onto a piece of metal on the mixer the hum died down and then I started to record I put the record on it's an old record Johnny Appleseed and it started to record and the signal was extremely low and that's another thing I didn't realize is um, back in the old days probably many of you still have your stereo has a phono in phono for phonograph and um, that signal is amplified much differently than the signal you push in through CD or through tape or anything else and I had no idea I thought all this line in was all the same strength I always wondered why it was different line ins other than you having all these different sources I suppose um, Anyway, so I thought, okay, I could just boost the signal using GarageBand, and when I did, it just felt kind of crappy and tinny and noisy, and so then, <laughs> I was very serious about this. I wanted to do it right, so I went I went online and I found uh, B&H Audio. This tiny little rig that plugs into your USB, has inputs for your phono, and a grounding wire uh, screw which then amplifies the signal properly and puts it into your computer. So I got this, literally arrived in a few days, plugged it all in, started the record and beautifully, le beautifully leveled sounds come in and it sounds great. But the only downside was that it was, uh, what's that? The tree just fell. That's not a good sign. Um, it was very scratchy, so I uh, looked up online what the best way to clean them was, and I, I settled on a method where I get dish soap and one of my artist brushes, like a camel hair brush, and I lathered up the, the record under cold water and uh, kind of soaked it all and gently brushed all of the grooves quite thoroughly. It was kind of fun, therapeutic. Um, and they still all were pretty scratchy. I've only gotten through the four records, but they're still pretty scratchy. Um, 
but and I think because it's you know there's a lot of pops and noises, but I think it's from literally from scratches. So anyway, that was fun and uh, listening to that old stuff like Johnny Appleseed was an extremely religious uh, Disney production. Oh, the Lord is good to me, so I thank the Lord. The Lord is good to me, and so I thank the Lord for giving me the things I need, the sun and rain and an apple seed, yes, he to me. Yes, the Lord is good to me. <laughs> um, I guess the story was a pretty religious story. Uh, it's still beautiful, and I remember it. I remember feeling so inspired by it's funny, eh? By this selfless uh, Bible-toting metal pen hat wearing seed spreading <laughs> do-gooder who did nothing ain't got no knife ain't got no gun and uh, all he did was plant apple trees which uh, my dad I remember pointed out to me that would give you no apples um, there's something about apples that uh, if you plant them by seed uh, I don't know why you don't get squat you got a graft on a fruit bearing branch onto it should do some research and uh, tell you something more interesting about that. But that's, that's I think that's the, the truth of it. So, as well-intentioned as Johnny Appleseed was, he was really just planting a forest.
I had a, every once in a while, a few times a year, I have to do a, kind of an update in front of a lot of people. Uh, maybe 200 people. And uh, for some reason, that one seems like a tough one. And uh, I had, <laughs> I was struggling for what would be a, a fun, uh, interesting update and begins the year and uh, my, my theme was on inspiration and uh, I won't go into too much detail other than my final, I played a couple of clips um, um, from various things but one of the clips at the end I played um, a video my son made and it was something he just texted me one day <clears throat> uh, he says, hey dad, check this out and it was him sketching uh, rap artist Jay-Z uh, with pencil and speeding it up so that it uh, all took place in a matter of maybe four minutes, um, compressed from about five hours of work. And uh, the soundtrack was, of course, Jay-Z doing his tune in uh, New York. And so I, I, I didn't... So I, in order to be able to play this clip, I shortened it and sped it up even more so it was more like a minute and a half, which actually made it even cooler. But the drawing was so realistic and so well done <clears throat> that it, uh, and the gist of the clip, me playing the clip was how much my son inspired me. And uh, it was very well received and, and I, of all the times I've ever spoken, that one received more, for, received later on more um, sidebar chats about it, of how cool it was, what Will's talent, and how amazing that little video was. So I have to thank my son for giving me that great little piece of uh, content for my talk. Uh, it was just wonderful and timely, and uh, it was a fun little time to brag about him. Will he said he's got a number of different talents. I think um, his eye is better than mine ever was for for drawing, and also his um, ability to learn music on the guitar is better. I, partly, probably because of technology these days, you can go on YouTube and be taught how to do anything. It's, Incredible how much of a difference that makes when you can just go, oh, how do you do that? And someone shows you a video. But even despite that, he just has such a great level of talent. And, uh, but he's also quite a math head. And, and I just, you know, as a parent, just start wondering about the future. My own pet wish is, of course, that he finds some way to utilize that skill, become a graphic artist like his dad. Or something better, an architect, something creative, right? But then he might not want to do that. He might, that might not be inspiring for him. Some people have talents and they know they can do things. It doesn't light them up in that kind of fundamental, deep-down way. It becomes a life mission and you know that you're meant for this. So we'll see. He's about to head off to college soon. And... Uh, 
only tends to take marketing among other things, but also business and uh, some graphic design. So we'll definitely see what he finds interesting. It'll be tough, I know. All of that stuff. The school kind of makes things in a good way, tougher than they are in real life sometimes. So, we're going to start into that. Yeah, so, it's good to get that off my chest. Um, I'm starting to enjoy it though, these little talks that I have to do. Um, kind of exercises demons. If you have any fear of being the center of attention, it's uh, definitely a great way to kind of slow the chip away at it. It's starting to cool off a little bit. that I, I had the thing set to oh not stereo well I don't even know what it was set to if you notice the last clip sounds less stereoscopic than this one it's because my knobs were messed up um I don't know what else I've got to talk about I was starting to think of current events and that's when I think oh my god that's boring um Oh, I missed the sign. This is a very dangerous forest because trees fall down. The red oak trees in this wood lot have suffered significant harm in the past years due to gypsy moths, oak leaf shedder, fall canker worm, drought, and recently the two-lined chestnut borer. These stress factors have weakened the oak trees and have left 70% of them in the stand dead or dying. That's amazing. I've read this before, but I didn't really sink in. So there's an unusually high number of hazard trees along this section, so... I don't know. You never see any fall. Of course, if it lands on you, you won't see none. Yeah, but only current event that popped into my mind was that uh, horrible, um, um, murderous act in France where a couple of nutcases assassinated a whole bunch of cartoonists. Can you imagine anything more awful other than killing children? Um, you know, cartoonists, it's a certain skill, cartoonists. And of course, it's a certain skill. It's a remarkable skill. Um, most people can't do very good cartoons. And I knew one guy way back when I uh, first moved to Calgary... Was it? Yeah. Um, I landed a job at this silk screen place called, what was it called? New Dog. And they didn't have any computer. They had a crappy PC with Corel Draw on it. And, uh, but most of their custom t shirt work was done by this crazy guy. I wish I could remember his name. It was too long ago. Uh, Big, shaggy, red-haired, little short guy. I said big, little guy. Who could draw anything. 
and well. And it was like, you know, imagine contemporary cartoon drawings of things. He could draw anything like that uh, with his own little style. Frank and Ernest pops into mind, that, that kind of style. And uh, I think it's Frank and Ernest. <clears throat> but because I always considered myself relatively talented at drawing and I could do cartoons. No, I can't. I suck compared to this guy. It was like the difference between a cat and a friggin' mountain lion or a, or a cheetah. He could, you know, somebody told him, I remember one particular assignment, it had to do with helicopters, and he draws this friggin', I think he did it from memory, but maybe not. Because there was no really, there was internet, but it wasn't useful back then. This would be the, ooh, the, Mm, when late 90s you know the internet was there but you wouldn't just jump on there was no image search so you'd have to so finding just a picture of helicopters you'd have to go it'd be hard anyway um, and no, nobody had any phones with computers on them and the internet it's amazing the difference anyway in a, in a day he chugged out this incredible drawing of this military looking helicopter cartoon style and uh he just, he seemed to be bursting with it. That's the thing that struck me. It wasn't just like he could draw well. It's all he wanted to do. And it's its almost an, I noticed it was almost an autistic skill level. Like the point where it comes out of you just like words do. And uh, anyway, I found that, you know, it just struck me that um, there are levels of things. And the idea that somebody because they're freaking psychopathic um, extremist fuckheads decide that uh, you know an answer to their religious problems is to murder these poor cartoonists is just beyond my capacity to understand humans and uh, you know I don't know if there's two sides to this I hope the cartoonist sides the cartoonist side wins um, it's awful and I hope it ends this uh, kind of strange take on things in the world I hope it ends before too much craziness happens I don't know I hate going down this road because <laughs> you know, what am I picturing this perfect world of no one getting killed you know people get killed probably one every half second I don't know and uh, that's just a being having life on Earth. Part of the sacrifice you have to make is that people are going to have to die unpleasantly. You, know, you can't have life without that. It's just I wish we could ease up on it without causing, you know, purposeful, shitty <laughs> acts of asshole. You know? I kind of get it if somebody's attacking your village and you're going to fight back with... Come on, get your head out of the clouds. You don't have to kill people or animals unless you're going to eat them. Eventually, I, I, I would even, I'm, I'm not a bleeding heart liberal. I'm kind of in the middle. I'm cynical, but I do, yes, I do have liberal leanings. I really wish, because I just don't love the idea of things suffering. And I, whenever I'm suffering, I think, 
you know, this suffering sucks. I wish someone would feel sorry for me. So I see, I see that others are suffering, other animals, anything that has a brain that makes, you know, any kind of analogy to my own, like animals, like, uh, you know, dogs and cats and cattle. And, you know, it kind of ends when I look at, like, dragonflies, for some reason, and fish. But I wish, you know, life didn't have to depend on kind of causing pain to live. Maybe one day technology will fix it, I don't know. But it'll never fix it all completely. There will always be life that chases after and eats other life, you know, that's just the way it is. And I have never found a good place in my stomach for that fact. Just kind of live with it is kind of the what you have to land on and I don't I don't like that of course I like living with it but I don't like having to you know what I'm saying see that's what happens to me when I start thinking too far down a certain path I think I have a pretty clear answer but then you know, it's much bigger than that and kind of pointless if you go too far down a particular piece of logic but the short story is don't kill cartoonists okay You know, like the whole purpose for them is to make people laugh and take the lighter side of life. You know, don't don't kill them. You don't hurt cartoonists. Fuck faces. Anyway, on, <laughs> on that note, pardon my language, by the way. I'm trying to, to I'm trying to keep the f bombs to a dull roar, but sometimes. You know, it's just needed. Anyway, so I hope you enjoyed this little visit. And uh, please try to remember to, that I have no idea that you're there. So if you are, please send me a note. Uh, and I especially like it when you go to the website at chubcreek.com and say hello there. Because it's always there for me to go back and look at. And that makes me smile. So I hope I made you smile. <laughs> Before I made you depressed, <laughs> smile again. <laughs> okay, so look after yourself. We'll talk soon, okay? Okay, I love you. Take care. Bye-bye. It's really snowing. My fingers are cold.